Hi everyone, welcome to the Wrestler Review. I was just body shaming Dylan Gott on purpose. It was intentional and he deserved it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the last Wrestler Review ever. No, we're ending. Not. Yep, we're ending it. Goodbye. Dylan is finally getting canceled, not for anything yeah. sexual or abusive, but just because that mustache makes him look too much like Mr. Weatherby from the Archie comics, even though Mr. <laughs> Weatherby did not have a mustache. That's why it's so confusing. That's right. Um, so I am Dylan Weatherby, and that's John Facedings. John, do you want What's to know why you weren't here last week? I had COVID-19. I got COVID-19 on a fucking, fucking airplane. Dirty. What a dirty boy. Escaping the United Kingdom. Got COVID. Um, tested positive. And uh, because of the CDC, I got out of quarantine. Um, days before I even knew about it because they changed those rules on my day eight or seven it's or eight so funny that they like and they were and I was like just Are be you like joking? guys we don't really know what's going on because that would cause pandemonium so they have to sternly be like I don't know how to okay so we've gathered some information it turns out this is according to this sheet bad here's what so I don't like about it is that because the CD because by dropping it from five to ten is everyone's just been, like everyone who wasn't being like this fucking vaccine is fucking bullshit mm. we're just being very reasonable and just like all right well we'll just I think then then the five, ten to five everyone was just like you know what I got a fucking thing to say to you you know what I mean like this <laughs> just, just it's like you were waiting in a really you're a man in your 30s you're me or Dylan and we know what we are we are. We try and get along, but if you make us wait in a long line and we get to the front of that line and then you take a phone call, well, then you, madam or sir, are about to really only get madam. a fucking talking to. No, no. Only I've not. Madam. I only no, no. speak strongly to women. Oh, is that true? It's interesting because you started off, you were like, oh, I no only context speak. Context Wrestler also has the video. So it's a guy in a mustache going, I only oh, yeah. What's la- No, what's nice about our podcast is any other podcast, if you see the people doing the podcast, you're always a little disappointed. You see ours and you're like, that's exactly the type of white people I thought were involved in this. <laughs> no, I was like, wait a minute, they have books? Yeah, I, I assume those books are just hollowed out and filled with candy. That's right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, have <all> these bo- <laughs> I have all these books with M&Ms inside. Exactly. Where do you keep your Starburst? In the fridge. In the fridge where anyone can find it? You, you don't understand the value of what's created from a rainbow, sir. Oh, sir. There's they're from a rainbow. Podcasts. There's people where they have a studio and they uh, they backlog them all in one day and they're like fucking telling it like it is. Or there's people like us where it's like, uh, we'll do it wherever we are, and uh, yeah, here's the fucking show, dipshit. Here's what I like about podcasting: in the people that are really big into podcasting now, who are big podcasters, are all the people that in comedy when podcasting started eleven years ago were like, "What's this radio on the internet? I don't need to listen to that because I don't suck penises because I'm not a homosexual <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah, 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 loser." Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's exactly, and then the same people are now like, "You got to do the podcast." Because it's where speech is truly free. Also, by the way, I was thinking about this because I was in England for a bunch of time. And when you're in England, you just butt up against a bunch of fucking losers who are just talking about fucking free speech all the time. Except you know, our you're like, our listeners are fine. I'm talking about the people that are like, I'm being held back all the time. And it's like, what are you talking about? No, you're not. You're not good at this as a job. And you're still able to do it as a job. Yeah. If 
I ever hear anyone being like, let me talk about how we need to get comedy back to how it used to be. When Dylan and I started comedy many years ago, you weren't allowed to swear. I used to get in trouble for wearing a T-shirt as a stand-up comedian. Yeah. I've more than I once got told, that. I'm you're too young to do a weekend at a comedy club mm -hmm. because people in their 30s can't speak to someone in their 20s. <laughs> Also, I remember I didn't confidently reference the internet on stage until 2011 because I wasn't no. confident you could do it in a small town. Yeah, when we started comedy, and also it was like either don't swear or just describe sexual assault, and that's the punchline. Oh, it, would you, do you understand that most of the – it wasn't until the year 2013 where I could say, all right, I've gone a calendar year without hearing a comedian use because he's a gay guy. As a punchline, like it took. <laughs> and by the way, that that's the tone and inflection. It's just well because he's he's different than me, and therefore funny and wrong. And then he showed up, and gay boo boo. Yeah. Oh, walking. Booed him. <clears throat> Insanity. Oh, I. Oh, do you have any problem with your uh, mental acumen? Well, guess what, my friend, you are being mocked by someone with gelled hair. You are being mocked oh, by someone friend. with a gel. The first piece of advice I ever got in comedy, and now this man no longer does comedy, clearly, from what I'm about to tell you, and no, you don't know his name. No one does. But he was like, if you ever get into trouble on stage, just say retarded. People love it. Oh, no. <laughs> Here's the problem with like, Canadian comedy. I would comedy? watch him on stage, and I, was like, and I was like, why didn't you use it, man? How come you're bombing all this time? You could have just been like, That's retarded. four different guys. That's four different guys that could be. <laughs> I'm yeah. now just before we get into Jerry McDivitt, welcome everyone to the rest of the review. We're talking about Jerry McDivitt here on New Year's Eve. Uh, a nice reprieve back to the year of Vince McMahon, which I, as I was reading the Jerry McDivitt information, by the way, have no memory of any episode. I realized this. I was like, I have blocked out that full year. I don't know anything about that man somehow. It's I know so less. funny, like Jerry McDivitt. Also, like a, put a the name, the put the name of that comedian in the private chat. I can't let it go. I need to know I mean, who so, it was. I mean, there's, there's no way. This man's name is Jonathan Price. Oh, amazing. He, he did. Uh, he was at Humber College, and then he stopped doing comedy because. Oh, yeah. Here's something that no one, we've not made fun of Dylan for. Dylan's degree is it, in stand-up comedy. It's a certificate. And it's in all of comedy. <laughs> So if you ask me to clown oh. right now, I will give you a route. You'll both cry and laugh. Um, Dylan, for our Patreon viewers, can you please give us some clown on the video? So firstly, what you have to That's do not is a clown? you have to close your eyes, John. We're going to teach you guys how to get into clown. All right. Now you're passing all your dead relatives. I hate say this already. John. Say hello, John. No, I'm not. They're hello. not. No. But you're not in clown and you're wasting my fucking time. <laughs> you do say take hi. being in clown. Hi. To your dead relatives. Hi, dead relatives. <laughs> no specific ones. Hello, dead uncle. They're, okay, fine. Not even use the name. No, it's weird. That's a, that was actually a woman. A man. That's a woman. That's a woman. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. That was my aunt uncle. Of clown energy <laughs> that you accept into your heart. I that went to theater part. school, and we never did something this stupid. I you went to. Do. I had to find my inner swamp one day, and I remember in the middle of it. <laughs> and you were I like, my hand's already on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's like Louisiana in there. I like um, to suck it. I like to suck it, too. Ooh, it's like Louisiana in my toad, and that there's a fan boat in there. Ooh, yeah, I eat pizza again, trying to wipe my butt, and I haven't shit. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm a weird guy. I wipe my ass with the food item I've just eaten. <laughs> Chicken tenders. <laughs> I save one and wipe my ass with it. <laughs> no, oh my Felix god! All right, can we? Shit. And then oh. I yelled so loud. I just I was just having so much fun. Imagine just I got a, a guy from going from the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! I mean, Fuck I've definitely I've definitely done that. I after COVID and traveling for f- like a month uh in the UK, like every day on like at least one train, like just insane amount of just fatigue. The day I took a full solid bowel movement, I, I walked fully into uh, like as far a uh, far away from the toilet as i could just to celebrate how better i was <laughs> they get a dump at a bus station is good too i remember oh. they, uh this happened on a mega bus in the uk was a guy shit on the bus and then the bus driver pulled over and chastised the guy for shitting on the bus he was like who shit on the bus everybody knows you got to hold this in i remember being on a bus from ox bus. oxford to london i went to go into the bathroom and he went you better take a bag and i went why and he went Ooh. Toilet's not broken yet, but it's gonna break. And I was like, "What? And he, you want me to piss in a bag?" And he was, and then he was like, "I could see in his eyes he just assumed I was shitting." And then he was like, "Oh no, you're fine then." And I was like, "What? What about me makes you think I'm just gonna take a shit on a bus?" <laughs> Toilet's only open for beating off. That's what I'd say if I was a bus driver. <laughs> That's hey, did you some whipped cream? Have you ever masturbated on an airplane toilet? No. In an airplane toilet. Hmm. Interesting. I'm the only one of my friend group who hasn't jacked off at work. I've never jacked off at work, but I have jacked off in an airplane toilet. Okay. How yeah. would you maneuver that? Were you just doing it with your wrist? I don't really know what I did. You're a big man. It was like, it was a long time ago. I think I was like 18 or 17. Like I was a... Everyone was like, he's going to say nine. Yeah, I was a boy. Yeah, I think I was a boy and I think that was a carton of milk. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who spilt a bunch of old Greek yogurt in the men's water? Yeah. Um, hello, steward. Steward, I seem to have spilled a lot of um, gone bad cream of mushroom soup on my shirt, trousers, <laughs> toilet, and face. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you got to rub yourself down with it. Putting toilet after, or putting face after toilet is the real confusing portion of that statement. When, what order did it happen in? We'll never know. Anyway, yep. we, are the, we are the spunk and the shit. So, and Welcome the, to the spunk and shit. Welcome the shit. to the spunk and shit <laughs> review. I'm spunk. This is shit. We're going to yeah. have intercourse with each other's mouths and noses. Does that happen on easy rock stations? I wish I would. I would do. I would. If I was rich, I would just. No, we'll pay you to be on the air, and uh, I, I'm the spunk, and my partner's name is the shit, and he is Barry Manilow. Uh, hi, everyone. Here's Office Rock. You get a fucking pay and learn about us. I mean, here's my it. question. Imagine, imagine. Okay, we need to talk about Jerry McDivitt in four no, minutes. No. Okay, whatever. Uh, let me say this. <laughs> no, we, about... can, we can. So here's what no, no. I, I want to just say. I just want to. I just want to make this point, which is. There are people right now entering the radio industry. There are people right now whose dream it is to be a radio DJ, and that's the worst thing you could possibly want to imagine that. You're like, I'll tell you what I want to be, Casey Kasem. And it's like, no, that job doesn't exist anymore. That job is now a podcast, and it's for free. There are. like, And this is stupid because I went to school for comedy, but like, there are college courses in podcasting. No, there isn't. Yeah, there is. I made a joke about it. 
on Twitter and people just started responding with college courses that were just like, here's how you get into audio podcasting. And there are obviously podcast companies. Like if you go on to, if you get linked up with Wondery or you get linked up with like obviously ESPN or like any of these like, you know, TV networks that are trying to transfer into digital media, that's great. But most of podcasting is, is just us. Well, here's the thing is um, Chris Betts looked at like the, because Twitter or Twitch got hacked Mm -hmm. and they released the actual metrics. And it is correct because our listen, our thing doesn't get that many viewers per capita. But when you look at it in the great scam scheme of Twitch, we are like, "Whoa, we are not bottom of the barrel, even close." And for podcasts, well, like this, this show, show yeah. is not like is like it's one of those things where it's like, "Wow, they, those gentlemen are." I thought they'd be getting more listeners based on how long they've been doing the show, and it's like, "No, no, no, we're this is as many as we need. Anything more, and we're really going to have to answer some questions about." Some impressions done during the year, the month of Roddy Roddy Piper. Or what? No, I'd say we are. I don't know. We're like the Apollo Cruise of podcasts. I absolutely like, agree good, with that. But no one cares. But also, we're the bro. Like, no, we are. We are the Brody Lee of wrestling podcasts. Okay. We've been around a long time. Everyone's fine. And at a certain point, it's going to be uncomfortable when people are still wearing my merch. And also, sometimes our wives say racist things. Oh, did his wife say a racist thing? I don't know. She said something. The problem with things on Twitter is, unless you look at Twitter all day, you miss the thing that was actually the issue, and this you is only the... see people chastising, and they refuse to say even what was they were mad about. This is why I really like my Twitter, because I've really muted a lot of people. A lot of people. Okay. I've been cut. The rest of the review, that is not muted. Dylan got not <laughs> you muted. Mute yourself? <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, you muted yourself. You're like I have muted. I have muted so many very close friends because I was just like I'm taking Twitter back to what it used to be, which is just jokes and just weird oversharing. I'm we're going back to 2011, baby. Like oh, so many people, so many people cut. Yeah, a couple of friends gonna, got cut for the amount of join live journal again, and we're gonna write long emotional. Oh my god, my live! I got news for you. My uh, my li- my live journal is still up, and it is horrendous. Oh, oh, of course I do, and I was very emotional. I was an I would emo boy under my full name and tweeted out do a solo <laughs> masturbation bit than someone like, here's my live journal or my MySpace. Ooh. I've given that that link. Chris Betts has that link. It's read out. Often on my Twitch stream, that live journal, not in months because it's so uncomfortable. Well, that's no draw for your Twitch stream that I've ever heard. Watch my Twitch stream. You'll barrel through us talking for however long, but the reward at the end is the sweet, sweet live journal. There's a live, there's a live journal reading the level of honesty that I'm, I'm bringing to the table in that. Oh, there's, there are truths being shared. I, did it again. I ate a cookie. I did it again. I took a shit in my deck. Nice. Mine would just be a rank. I had one website and it was just ranking my who I thought the coolest mobsters were. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Carlo Gambino. And every single page played the Godfather theme. No, MC Ren and Ice and uh, whatever (laughs) song. And but I didn't know how to make it just keep playing throughout the website. So there was no nothing that wouldn't take four seconds. Yeah. So it would just start playing over and over again. So it's like I guarantee that website is purgatory for someone where it's like you just have to keep looking at this website and you ha- and you keep on switching pages so you just hear the start of the song murder is the name like <laughs> <laughs> over and over anyway murder is the name the reason why we're talking so long is frankly because jeremy, jeremy mcdivitt is our subject today 
He's and Jeremy McDivitt's our subject. Jeremy McDivitt is just a he's just a very competent lawyer. He's a very competent lawyer that, by the way, really doesn't like Martha Hart. Can we just jump to the heart of the matter? See, I don't think he doesn't like or likes anyone. I think that he's just like Richard Kuklinski is called the Iceman, and he killed well over 200 people. Like, it's a numerous Or no one. May I just say this about Richard Kuklinski? Here's the fun thing about Richard Kuklinski. He's, he's one of those guys where it's like, he may have killed 200 people, or he may have killed zero people. He may have just be, he may have... Which uh, had ice people in ice in his freezer? Because that's how they found him. They found... Like a bunch of people in his freezer. I think it was, but it wasn't like way less. Like it was like they found two or three. And then he was like, there's also 300. And they're like, all right. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm a cop. Like I'm, I'm so looking forward to just saying these are done. Yeah. Can you just say that you did these so I can go home? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, <laughs> if right, you say I did yeah. these, then I get to have dinner. Yeah. I get to eat food. Not a Um, so, so Jerry McDivitt is exactly what you want him to be. He has a terrible, weird haircut like the guy who has the cult in Parks and Recreation. Mm-hmm. He seems like the kind of guy that would never go into New York City, but would be in downtown Stanford, Connecticut, being like, why do I need to go to New York? We got a fucking, we got a, there's an Applebee's and a Victoria's Secret both at the mall. <laughs> yeah, well, the one thing about Jerry McDivitt that I really like is um, he's just fucking is what he is man he's a he's a lawyer and he'll do whatever for whatever money and his well, it's not whatever for whatever money he's he's a lawyer in that his job is to defend his clients so he just defends them incredibly well and he uses whatever means are available like, it's also that weird thing about wrestling is wrestlers are so impressed lawyer, though, where it's like yes exactly this thing is, but every piece of shit because it's like oh yes the money isn't defending a guy who is absolutely guilty but then the next case you do just so you're not like wait a minute does the guy only defend evil people is like oh pro bono i'll do this case yeah like he has a huge amount of he's one of like he has like a a variety of awards for the amount of pro bono work he's done um (laughs) which is like a shower after you've just shot somebody though like yeah it's exactly which basically what he means is when he murders a child he makes sure to clean up their bedroom like it's just like that's not the same that's not the same was like was it after i want to get the timing right here but it's after we're gonna jump all over the place here because like he's a lawyer like it's it's also the thing we're like we're not he never he never met bill watts he has nothing to do with grizzly smith (laughs) he doesn't know who buck zoom off is like we're not like I don't know, man. He was a he was an officer in the Marine oh, yeah. University of Pittsburgh, which is you know how you get. Let me ask you this, okay? Let's right? take let's let's you know okay. Let's. I assume he just showed up and started talking about Mary Lemieux, and they were like, "Do you want to be the dean?" And he's like, well, "No, thank you. Law degree, please." Mary Jerry McDivitt is my man. You just have to go to the Hooters with the most people in it at the time, and then you have a size off with a manager. And if your dick's bigger than his, you get in the University of Pittsburgh. Oh, I think that's how you became the governor of Pennsylvania. So you have that, to go to the nearest. Yeah. You, you well, go to the nearest Hooters. Off. He only got into. The- oh, he only got to the university because the. Oh, that's right. Because the full governor size off, they also weigh your balls. And it's like, well. <laughs> 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 <So>, um, <laughs> By the way, to- just sidebar. Side off. For those of you who don't know where oh, side sidebars. Yeah. Si- size off comes from is when me, Dylan, got and Tim Renko got very drunk at the banks of the Camden Canal. And watched more at least one man full jack off at that holiday inn. And then another guy just mm-hmm. opened his doors and sat in a chair and stared at us. Mm-hmm. But we spent the entire night just asking people as they passed us, size off, you want to have a size off? Tim being our, of course, ringer. Uh, the problem is, is yes. that Tim started very loudly asking people if they wanted a size off, including one very drunk well, arty man who 
really didn't care for us. And well, our the thing <laughs> is, Tim also has cerebral palsy and uses a walker to get around and um, doesn't drink very much because it turns his body. Um, also, you know, people talk to someone's cerebral palsy like they're also men. is highly not. So when people it's the... talk to him like that, he goes, do you want to see my dick? I bet it's big. And I laugh really hard. So they just think I'm his carer who's taught him to be like, tell him, ask him if you want to see your dick. And he's like, okay. <laughs> of course, which I was. He's a he's a monster. He's a monstrous man, and it's very fun. For he's example, my thick one. It's really big. oh, he's, I remember Dylan when oh god, I remember when Dylan discovered that he looked at me like he had just found gold or seen a ghost, just been like, I got some answers to some questions. <laughs> As I told our friend Bobby, I was like, his thing, his fucking dong is huge, and then Do- Bobby was like, yeah, it has to be. Can you imagine having that life with a small dick? I was like. <laughs> Uh, anyway. uh, speaking of which, by the way, our friend Bobby, okay. literally a father now. That man, literally a father. So gotta, I, here's, I'm so happy he's a father. I will say this right now: it's basically 2021 is either people got divorced, got COVID, or had kids. That's the that's the that's the holy trinity of 2021, baby. <laughs> oh, and I was honestly knowing about Jerry McDivitt. Knowing Jerry McDivitt oh, was in the Marines made everything make so much more sense because it's like the first case he does with WWE is Nightheart. Yeah, Jim. So, and for the by the way, the yeah, yeah. So it's Jim Neidhart. uh, Yeah, which is good because Jim Neidhart knocked a steward out of the fucking plane. Yeah, so he knocks a dude out on the plane, (laughs) and Jerry McDivitt not only gets Neidhart off, but gets a settlement from the airline. Yeah, gets like by the way, G's from the airline, which made Vince McMahon full hard. Yeah, Vince McMahon then immediately tried to just buy an airplane because Vince McMahon does not understand how the law works and buy me an airplane. <laughs> he just I'm going to drive it into a TWA airplane and then I'm going to get all the money. Get Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get three airplanes. We're going to fly two of them into the World Trade Center, one into the <laughs> Pentagon, and then we'll sue the federal government, Jerry. Jerry, we'll sue them. But how- Here's what we'll do. I really want to kill Osama bin Laden. How do we do it, Jerry? Jerry, it's me, Vince. He was very rude to me at the Gaddafi's Christmas party. How much do you think Vince McMahon was talked down from 1990, especially, making a character that was just steward who gets knocked out all the time? I guarantee he's still pitching that. I guarantee that there's a day at... um, the headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut, which is Vince McMahon tries to get these ideas to work day. And it's just Bruce Pritchard crying while Vince McMahon's in various costumes. Get it, I'm a steward. And then I get punched in the face. And then I'm bad. And then I get killed by Rene Dupree. Where's Rene? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Jerry McDivitt, more fucking sick ass fucking lawyer shit. So basically, he meets Vince. Him and Vince so basically what it is is with lots of eye contact, open eyes yeah, the whole time. Basically what it is is that means that once Here's what I just realized. Them, I, 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 you look at me. Look at me. I don't think any wrestler had a lawyer before Jim Neidhart got Jerry McDivitt. <laughs> when have you ever heard of a wrestler being involved with the police, with anyone and then they went and then I called my lawyer. They never call a lawyer. This is the thing I've just read. The business man, here's how he pioneered the wrestling business. He just started hiring an attorney. And people were like, this man is a revolutionary. Because what did he do with Snooka? Basically, he was like, yeah, they'll fucking kill people. Yeah, I think he just brought some money. He was just like, uh, how about this, pal? What a maneuver. I just leave this money here. What a maneuver. It's a maneuver. Because it was in the Vince McMahon year. We're really fucking bimbos over here. But if anyone can remind us what we said on that episode, that'd be dope. Yeah. Basically, no context like, for One of them review. was basically like, um, oh, 
did you um think that killing me the revolu the uh re revelation that one of my wrestlers is a mean dangerous person is gonna hurt my business because it won't that's basically what he said and then they never pursued the snooker case because they were like it's kind of like you said it's open and shut case johnson about the fuck but i mean yeah because he changes the legit law oh yeah and that's the other thing so basically it changes it not only that he changed the legit law hulk hogan plays a part in changing the the law of how the federal government of the United States can compel witnesses to testify in a federal case. Do you understand how much of an impact that is? Hulk Hogan has changed so much law and affected so many parts and facets of the American like body politic. If you understand that like when referencing privacy and libel laws in the United States, lawyers will have to go see Hogan v. Gawker for an understand. Like, and then another lawyer has to go. Is that the? And then the first lawyer has to go. The case that involved his giant penis. Him taking a phone call from his son on the N word. You bet your pal. Yeah. But like, do you understand? Do this first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <sighs> Balea versus Gawker. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I know. I choose to believe that he went. Uh, Brother, gonna have to make it Hulkamania versus Gawker. <laughs> <laughs> Hulkamania beat WCW. They beat the NWO. They, they destroyed uh, the AOL merger. They fucking. This is crazy. Hulkamania do, did run wild. Do you ever. Th how often do you think that Terry Bollea is still just like, I told him, dude, they better watch out, dude, because Hulkamania will run wild? I think. Hulk Hogan sneaks into every single wrestler's funeral and as no matter what he has to do, catering, whatever. Are you Hulk? You're right here. No, I'm not. I'm, not, I'm nobody, dude. And then when they just as they're lowering the body into the ground, he pins them. He goes, one, two, three. Hulk's got another one, brother. Yeah. And, and then he runs away. Yeah, he just whistles. Brutus Beefcake piggybacks him. <laughs> He just whistles on theme songs. He's walking away. <laughs> so McDivitt, uh, Gerald, also, he becomes like he becomes the attorney for. And I, so John said, <laughs> by virtue of, oh my god, this guy actually, but he's perfect because he's like, yes, he's obviously a lawyer, lawyer, but he's also a marine, so he like knows bullshit and assholes. You remember the marines are the ones yeah, basic, who, basically what it is last is last week said Randy Orton couldn't be in the Marine because he's a fucking asshole. Oh, yeah. Which is so good. But think about that. So he's an officer in the Marines. So this guy can sense bullshit and he knows fucking crazy people. So he, which is bald at wrestling is. So Jesse Ventura sues the company in the early 90s and gets settlement for like a million dollars. So, so do you know what he sued him? Do you know what he so, sued him for? No. So it's a very specific contractual understanding, which was... Jesse Ventura asked Vince McMahon, should I be getting royalties for this? Mm -hmm. Vince McMahon said no. Then Hulk Hogan and a bunch of other wrestlers were getting royalties. Like very big high-level wrestlers were getting Coliseum video royalties. Okay. Jesse Ventura sued. And because the precedent had been set mm -hmm. that they could get that money, he then it was it was under the question of Jesse Ventura asking that question to Vince McMahon. 
Vince McMahon shouldn't have been able to answer it. It was a contract negotiation by misrepresent. Like it was like that thing of Vince McMahon represented it specifically to Jesse. So Jesse got that money because Jesse is a very smart mind and knows how to manipulate these things a little bit. That's why Vince Jesse was trying to start a union, all of that sort of stuff. So that, and Vince didn't have Jerry as a lawyer for that lawsuit. So you needed a very clever lawyer to defend against that case, which you wouldn't have really been able to defend against anyway, because Vince fucked up and cost himself that money. But um, everyone else didn't have a case because they never were asked by Vince McMahon. They just were like, well, I should get royalties too. That doesn't exist. So Jerry McDivitt then becomes a hero and defends Vince from all these other cases. So it's this weird thing of like, yes, Jerry McDivitt's a good lawyer, but also he got the cases that look good. Like what, what's interesting is you don't hear about all the cases they've definitely lost or Jerry's not involved, but like he wasn't involved in the world wrestling, the WW, the world wrestling, uh, the world wildlife fund versus yeah. the world wrestling federation. Which he case. was pissed because he wasn't able to be in that case because it was tried in England and yeah. you can only have an English lawyer in England. Yeah. So it was one of those things, but it's very interesting where I'm sure he's lost other cases, but like the Martha Hart one, he really defends and is like, Oh, it was a bit of a miscarriage. Like it's a fast, he's a fascinating guy. Well, he's a great lawyer and doesn't like his, um, his record being tarnished by a widow winning. Yeah. He doesn't like someone who's in the right winning, but this is the pro This is the weird thing about Martha. Hart. You know what? We should take a quick break and then we'll be back talking more about Jerry McDivitt even though we just started talking about Jeremy McDivitt. Hi, everyone. We just wanted to take this moment to thank everyone who subscribes to our Patreon. Um, you, This show is already worthwhile for us because it's very fun to talk about cum, but it's more fun to get paid for talking about cum, which you allow us to do. So keep drinking that cum. Cum drinkers. Objection. Sustained. Welcome back, everyone, to the rest of you. My name is Dylan Gott. That's John Hastings. I'm Dr. I- Kiss. I'm Bill Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. So Bill Shit. Um, let's talk about fucking Jerry McDick. That oh. okay. So here's basically the long and the short of it with Jerry McDivitt is Jerry McDivitt is just a very competent businessman, and he has mm-hmm. discovered wrestling. And here's the thing with wrestling is if you are just a good, you're just good at whatever your job is in the real world, and you come into wrestling, you are the greatest at that job ever because yeah. no one in wrestling is actually like Jim Cornette is considered like the great organizational mind of the territories. And that's mm-hmm. only because he would just write stuff down. Like bear in mind how bass backwards wrestling is, is Vince McMahon took over the entire business internationally in two years by simply just competing, not even like competing that hard, but just bringing competition to an industry and none of them knew how to fight back. Like the only people that knew how to fight back was a crippled, no personality junior boy who bought some planes and a lot of mink coats with dusty roads. Like it's so Jeremy McDivitt, I don't think is the best lawyer. Jeremy McDivitt is just the lawyer that found the place where it's like, how do I defend this man against this crime? Well, he's accused of fucking a cat by himself. What do you mean? He's suing himself. He's suing himself. He's, (laughs) He is, um, oh, fuck, well, who's that guy with the mask? That's who I was trying to make it. The the magician character who wrestled one match in the oh 1990s. It was like Phantasmo or something. Yeah. Damien Demento is who I wanted to, to be. It, 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 he, is, he is from the darkest reaches of your mind. Damien Demento, still a sick name. But also, he's not, Jerry McDivitt isn't going up against wrestler lawyers. It's not like he's going up against Clarence yes. Mason. Uh, yes, he is going up against wrestler lawyers because of that entire CT 
Brian Knobs is going to represent himself. How about I haven't been nastyized by a woman in yeah. a while, and I'm suing Nerd. her because you won't let women suck me off. What? Uh, and representing the defense is a man going by the name Virgil. Thank you, Your Honor. I'd like to know, let everyone know this table I'm stood in front of is for sale. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he just has a lot of stories about Vince being like, uh, some lawyer was like, oh, tell the truth on the stand when he was being, um, when he was being, um, what do you call that? Hot? Giving you his deposition before a case when Ricky the Dragon Steamboat tried to sue for basically the same thing uh, yeah. Ventura did. And Vince McMahon was like, oh, tell, what did your wife say about the deposition? And, my, and Vince McMahon was like, he said that you look like a ferret, which is so funny because it's like, McDivitt tells that story like it's like, oh, he's a real poo to work with. But the way that comes off is just he kind of sounds like a teenage girl. It's like, oh, my wife, she said you're a loser. Yeah, my wife, Sorry. she's a loser. It's like, that's interesting. The Bible, I'd tell the truth. And the truth yeah. is you're a loser, bitch. Uh, guess what? Fetch is never going to happen. You've been McMahon. Stop <laughs> 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 trying to make fair it happen, man. <laughs> um, here's what it also comes down to. is Jerry McDivitt's Vince McMahon's only friend. Well, he's the only guy he can trust because he needs him. They need each other. And that's something Vince McMahon hasn't really ever had. Also, they're the same age, which I think does help things a long time. Not the same age, yeah. but like in the same age group. Um, we should go get through these cases super quick. Uh, well, not super quick. Well, fun. But in 91, yeah, of course, the steroid trial. Jerry McDivitt. Oh, yeah. Like, Jerry McDivitt once and that a happens, bunch of absolute oh. chicanery. It oh, is buddy. still crazy. Talk, okay, so I asked, I have a friend who is a lawyer, and I asked some questions oh. about, so Jerry McDivitt really touts the fact that he beat the federal government in a criminal case mm -hmm. because their record of winning is about 95%. The problem with that stat is it's actually incredibly skewed because mm -hmm. the vast majority of federal cases settle. Of course. So it looks like they win a lot more than they do because they settle so much. That's a victory for them because the other person, I am guilty, um, is saying it so they get a deal. Only a man who's gone bankrupt, who went bankrupt nine times or whatever. How many times did he go bankrupt, Vince McMahon, before WWF? He went bankrupt I like didn't even, three times in the I 70s. Three. Like it's, yeah. And then and Reagan like, made all those laws and Vince McMahon jumped for joy and was like, I'm going to get nine loans. Hey, I'm going to try and start a space league. What happens uh, <laughs> there? I don't fucking know. They give me free money, I mean, these dumb motherfuckers. You know what's, cra what's crazier is that he, what his actual idea was, I'm going to start a bodybuilding league while under investigation for steroids. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to... Like, I want to know what Jerry McDivitt thought that day. What do you mean? What are you doing? What are you doing today, Vince? Oh, I just started a bodybuilding league. You're joking, right? No. Um, you know Fuck that you. shell company I had? I'm still going to go ahead with the shell company, it turns out. You know how I'm on trial for uh, drunk driving? I just opened a school to teach people how to drink and drive. <laughs> to get high and drive. Yeah. yeah. So on I want to say this because, all right, so in 1991... On behalf of Hulk Hogan, just basically so Hulk Hogan wouldn't have to testify in the trial, he obtained an unprecedented ruling establishing this is that wild. witnesses at criminal trials could resist government attempts to compel testimony on federal privacy grounds, which is crazy. Incredible. It's basically, I don't want to, so I'm not going to. And yeah. you know, like, sounds good. I will not testify. I cite McDivitt v. People. And it's kind of like, I do understand where he's coming from because it's kind of like, Vince is just 
there's a guy. It's kind of like a dude in a club who sells blow, and everyone knows, and every and people like the club, and they like. Oh, blow. that's very funny. Yes. So like, you George are right. the guy that sells blow, and Vince owns the club, and it's like, is the guy who owns the club liable because that guy sells blow? I don't know that law, but it's like, yeah. Yeah. No, but yes, they are depending. If the person is an employee, there is actual laws on this. And I know it from watching a documentary called Limelight about Peter Gation. Oh, okay. So what are the laws? Recite them to me. D- depending on how involved they are with that employee, they the government can make a connection towards. As in, if I own the nightclub, you're dealing cocaine. If I have no idea you're dealing cocaine and I'm just paying you to be a busboy, we're fine. But if you're, mm-hmm. if you're giving me 10% of your cocaine profits for operating in my nightclub very much involved that's the distinction there has to be like a yeah. link between the two which there and wasn't but then it's like this weird link where it's like obviously steroids <laughs> made wrestling more popular and that gave exactly money so was there a link there link. and it's really hard to connect that and mcdivitt's too clever to let that be connected and it was also that thing of what they actually should have done with the steroid trial is not accuse him of distributing in any way but it was the idea of he was doing unfair employment tactics because mm-hmm. he was basically implying that you need to have steroids to perform in the way that you're doing. Which, by the way, they could have totally gotten him on. There's definite evidence of that. Or, I mean, shit. if they come after him for, like, hey, these guys are subcontractors, why? Oh, of course. That's Jerry McDivitt. Jerry McDivitt's fucking Mardi Gras, his holy grail, is that eventual fight. And that fight will one day come. Because here's the problem is, well, if Andrew Yang... is his, like, that's his fucking prime. Because it's, like, steroid oh. trial soon after that, which a lot of people forget about, was... Um, uh sorry oh Dylan he said one factor in the no because i wanted to remember this he said one factor that helped them out was that the judge was 85 who was assigned at the steroid trial and he was vacillating between lucidity and senility during the this trial, is wild is insane um what's more anyway, insane is that anyway. jerry mcdivitt was like you know I don't, we got lucky the judge 100 judge tried to fuck tried to fuck its malice <laughs> <laughs> the judge genuinely thought i was me and i was the judge so i just said a bunch of rulings and he went oh sounds good yeah you know so, that scene in the sopranos where they go to italy and they meet the don and the don has lost his mind and is just in a wheelchair oh. and just keeps quoting various new york locations oh you remember the, or the one where he bangs his cousin and it's and everyone turns to the camera and goes because that's sick I do not remember that episode of The Sopranos at all. Bangs his cousin in The Sopranos. When is that? Tony bangs his cousin in Italy. Spoiler alert. She's not his cousin. Isn't she? I thought she was his no. cousin. No, she's just another Italian person. Well, They're not makes all it related. Less hot. <laughs> um, that old Delete. man in that episode, that is the judge in the steroid trial. Pretty much. Yeah. Anyway. Major Deacon Express. Has anyone Objection. ever said why they did the fake diesel and fake razor actually like because i could totally believe yes, they have was like, they have they have i can i what it was was apparently and this has been conveyed from jim ross and jim Cornette both back this up which is basically vince mcmahon was very angry that scott hall and kevin nash left and wouldn't let it go and then just called them and was like razor and diesel be at the royal rumble and they were like what's that now and they were like i own those characters they will be there. Get me uh, two people to be Racer and Diesel. And so Jim Cornette then had to train two people to do Glenn, J- Glenn Jacobs and I never remember who Rick was. Rick Bogner. It was Rick Bogner who was fake, ra- uh, fake Razor and he had to teach them how to do it. 
So this is this is what I want to say is because that, that's like, where that that's seems like a Jerry McDivitt idea where it's like you, okay, we're the suing them exactly. It, so it, you have it, it to prove that these people are independent of those characters and they're violating that copyright by using those characters. So we have to have people come out. It'll be dumb, but whatever. And it's crazy. I never even thought that it was a completely illegal strategy. Which, by the way, w- makes so much it's sense. Pretty, it's pretty genius because it's like. I mean, for sure, Vince is crazy, maybe at that time, and just doing that because he's like a control freak and he wants to believe that he's made everything and everything is his. Um, but I think but, it's also what it is is Jerry McDivitt knows how to work with Vince McMahon's neuroses and madness. Like, he knows how to be like, oh, I know actually why he's doing this. Yeah, but it's also like free money where it's like, this guy trusts me and he's paranoid as shit and I'm his attorney forever now. All I got to do is win. And obviously, this guy's clearly like a very good lawyer. Like, obviously, I don't fucking know. I'm gonna um, say it. I think he's. Uh, it's an interesting thing because he's admitted he's practiced a lot and he seems very experienced. And I think he is probably a very shrewd, good attorney. But again, he's very lucky in that a lot of his prestigious cases, we as wrestling fans are aware of, are wrestling cases. And a lot of wrestling mm-hmm. cases involve criminal dicks, like the Martha Hart case. Yeah, he was gonna lose that. And by the way. He does. He says, like, we've never told our side of it. We know what happened in Kansas City. And it's like, Jerry, I know what you're doing. And it's that you are basically, like, trying to make it seem like there is some sort of altruistic nature to you losing that lawsuit. But your boss tried to cut a corner. He used a negligent company. It resulted in the death of someone. You owe that family. It's fucking crazy that he tried to cut that corner given it's- how much money they made. That was the craziest part. It was not even that. He was cutting the corner of how quickly it took Owen to get out of the harness. In the end, it came down to, I'm not waiting 30 seconds for this joke. This joke must be done faster. Why are you doing this joke? Well, I'm punishing that man for not pretending to fuck someone else's wife on television by making him dress up like a goof. Like, never forget, Owen Hart is alive if he just agrees to pretend to like Deborah sexually on television. The world is a living nightmare. We live in hell. I am the devil. Dylan is the guy being tortured in one of the circles of hell. John, turn your hat around, please. I'm about to say something that's about to break this goddamn podcast. Go ahead. Every time I hear that story, I just think, Owen, talk to your kids. Tell them wrestling's fake. <laughs> yeah, every time. I'm like, what if I was on, if, if, if my son saw me kiss a girl on television, I wouldn't be like, don't give me the money. He'll think I'm cheating. Yeah. Just go like, I, oh, that's fake. Yeah, it's not real. Yeah. I'm acting. Yeah. I love your mom. Your mom's right here. Yeah, it's not real. Don't be like, yep, yep. It's fucking kayfabe. I gotta move out. Now. I mean, this. I mean, I never even. <laughs> Stu told me that, I gotta move out. Yeah, it's even so worse. If I, if now. I, I didn't even realize. This dude is like, so hey, you gotta fuck her. You gotta fuck her too. You gotta fuck her. You gotta fuck her. I thought that you're cheating on your wife, which is good because I hate her and I like that other woman. Good. All right. Here's the thing. We got an angle where you fuck your mom. Yeah, that's good. You gotta really fuck her then. Yeah, yeah. yeah we got an angle like I've been doing you an angle like with me, your brother. At least the back looks like young me. If we're doing another angle with your brother Bruce, where I hate him, <laughs> I hate your brother How Bruce. How about we do a me. brother the angle with Brett, doing... where he gets a stroke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do an angle where uh, my friend Bill kicks Brett in the face, and then I watch it. <laughs> and, yeah, <laughs> so. Hey, this is the funny. I want to know uh, the timing uh, of this. You Go do know it. how I too hard live, which is if my kids are suffering, I feel better. Which is why when <laughs> Owen died, I lasted another ten years. <laughs> I contracted cancer when Brett won the title. 
It makes yeah, me weak to see you strong. I want you to know that I was at death's door when Andre the Giant died, and then he died, and then I was like, good, I never liked him. Oh, wait. <laughs> Helen was loved racist him. enough for me. Yeah, Helen enjoyed his company, and I'm glad he's dead because that made her upset, and everyone knows I like it when Helen's upset. <laughs> it made her mouth go up on both sides. Some people call that a smile. I call it a failure. Yeah, I call that, that's your mouth making devil horns. I'm not a devil man. <laughs> You so, don't make devil horns with your mouth. You fucking, I don't even know what this voice is anymore. Get it, get it, get it. Oh, yeah, it's the classic. Starts out good, ends up bad. Anyway, I want you to know, I by the way, I was, know, about to call, uh, I was about to call uh, Helen Hart. Yeah, I was about to have Stu Hart call her an old cunt, and I felt very bad. Yeah, you're an old cunt. There you go, good. Well, that's what they do during their banging. Anyway, so... 1999, he takes two cases. First one, he defends uh, his company, the WWE, against Martha Hart in her 1999 lawsuit. The second one he does is he, um, and this is the first recorded case of this, he gets uh, the family $215,000, the family of Joe, of, uh, sorry, Judy Barrett gets a... um, uh, settlement of $215,000 for her family. Uh, she committed suicide and he basically charged uh, her husband, who was an abusive man, yes. with that case, which is great. So, like, obviously, you can drive someone to suicide. And then he, I'm assuming, I'm assuming he did that as the mouthwash to the shit sandwich that he had to be like, you're going up against this woman whose husband just died? Oh, this is easy. I could, no, 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 no. You're defending and killing him. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll be evil, Jerry, and then I'll have to do. I just need to search the paper for someone. You know what? On the side of you know who Jerry McDivitt is? He's like Jerry Seinfeld in that episode where um, George does the opposite. Jerry McDivitt. He's even Steven. He has if he does something <laughs> evil, he's got to do something real nice. <laughs> Yeah, he seems like a superhero where it's like Which he, is why in the he has to shoplift all day so he can do a good deed at night. Yes, exactly. Like it's um the year of the steroid trial, uh Jerry McDivitt then anonymously donned a hood and uh and uh, actually um patrolled downtown Pittsburgh for 18 months just vigilant doling out vigilante justice to quote unquote set the ledger level. Yeah, Jerry McDivitt was the one that taped Rodney King and gave it to the... Of course he did. He, he was, yeah, he, he kissed the tape and went, this is for the steroid trial. And then <laughs> but this is the crazy thing, and it's funny that this persists until now. You also um, know that Jerry McDivitt was one of the main lawyers to try and stop... Uh, to uh, stop, stop the steal. He it was because of the amount of money Vince McMahon made in COVID. <laughs> Jeremy was like, "Oh no, I have to make this good again." And then he just sh- he showed up at the Capitol, and then he re- uh, he whispered in Officer Goodman's ear, "Take them up the staircase so the senators can escape." Don't ask me any other questions. Yeah. And then Jerry just disappeared into the mist. Jerry McDivitt is basically like that guy from Quantum Leap. He's just making sure the timeline continues in an appropriate, <laughs> positive manner. Yeah, but he's also right walking around with a needle just with new batches of COVID just so the WWE stays has- in the performance center and just injecting people with COVID, making sure. Also, yeah. by the way, uh, WWE talent no longer has to test for COVID at all. Of course. Why would we need to be monitoring that situation? 
I mean, AEW is bad too because they're like, yeah, oh man, WWE is so bad. We're having another full crowd here in Las Vegas, and it's a kissing match versus Sick Man. I don't know, he's coughing or something. He says he feels yeah. tired, and that's against uh, this pregnant woman. Any yeah, one no, of them. I, well, because here's the thing with AEW that's really Tell good me. that I I continually point out to many people because they're like they're so ethical. I'm like, yes, you're right. Their main creative head also did a wrestling podcast with Donald Trump Jr. They are not good people. They are also <laughs> rich people from Florida. All they are is they're not older. They're not as old as Vince McMahon. Tony Khan will be history's greatest monster in a Vince McMahon style in 40 years when he's like an old crazy man and he's created his own universe. I mean, who knows? I, I don't know. I mean, there's certain fun things about it, like We'll we'll talk. You know what? We'll do an ep- extra episode about AEW, and we'll get all our thoughts out then. But um, no, Martha Hart that? versus Update. Jerry McDivitt. Jer- uh, Martha certainly gives Jerry his flowers, and Jerry's whole line is that Martha never liked what Owen did for a living, being a wrestler, and hate. That doesn't wrestling. matter. But that doesn't. Ma- I I understand his point because it's at that shade but of like. Didn't. Well, this is what she doesn't hate wrestling. She hates. She doesn't that hate. Her husband was killed by a man. Yeah, this is the thing: is she hates that her husband was killed at his job, what which she happened is, to be is wrestling. Like the only person in wrestling who's not then beholden to Vince McMahon for money. Like I will no, but I, I'll take you one step further. She's the only one who's just figured out she's not beholden to Vince McMahon for money. Like, do you understand that? So, like the Hart family, I, if you really think about it. They were just like, well, some of my siblings work for this guy. I better be nice to him. Like, what money has one of the has fucking Teddy Hart's mom gotten from Vince McMahon? Like, why is she being loyal to the WWE? They're just dumb. They're the worst type of. It's a trait of Canada, which is this is the thing I uh, heard is the thing I'm loyal to, so I'll be loyal to it. And you're like, why? And then they're like. Don't ask any questions about stuff you don't know. And you're like, no, but you don't seem to understand the situation either. Hey, man, he's a good guy. My name's Smith Hart. Like, I, think it's, like, I think it's worse than that. I think it's like, it's it's honestly just like entertainers. Like, they're just beholden to the spotlight where it's like, but he'll put me on the big screen I and tell everyone you, I'm but handsome. Some of the, but some of the Hart family are not involved in wrestling and they also but turn in their Smart mind. Hart. They are. No. Every single, no matter where you go in this world, if anyone here goes to, and we talk about comedy a lot because we are comedians, if you go to an open mic in any city in the world, any city in the world, and you see a guy who like doesn't do that well, whatever, that guy in his head is still two steps away from being famous. That's show. Yeah, you're all right. And that's exactly this, what though. the Hart's families are. Where it's like, I guarantee Bruce Hart was like, you know what? I go on a hot streak against Goldberg. They're putting the strap on me. Like he still thinks that. Um. When ever, ever have you heard of Georgia Hart? Um, well, first Allison of all, Hart sounds like someone who writes romance novels, so I have that's pretty cool. Uh, and so, because Di- Diana and Ellie were both involved vaguely in wrestling, as were Keith and Bruce, don't really know a lot about Ross. Just ridiculous. It's just weird. It's just, they're so weird. Wrestling's so weird. And Jeremy McDivitt's such a weird character within it because it's like he's not a war profiteer. He's like profiting off of dumbness. 
does, no, what it is, he does dirty work though like 2014 to 2020 this is how many cases that were brought up against wwe oh for cte oh, well, God, he literally is like he led the defense of wwe in consolidated cases including do, involving dozens of plaintiffs asserting buried injury claims involving chronic traumatic uh cte of course and this is the thing it's incidental if it's in football that's just like part of the game and whatever so the rules allowed it literally Vince McMahon was like, and then you get smoked on the head with a chair. Yeah. And what's so crazy is like, there's no way he didn't say that once. And what's also crazy is the lawyer that was leading the charge on these cases was just sketchy enough that Jerry McDivitt had room to blow it all up. That's the craziest thing about wrestling is Vince McMahon was in the wrong. A competent quality lawyer could have blown this shit up and taken him down instead. No, thank you dozens of cases dozens and this is when this starts this is when daniel bryan gets um he gets fired for the choking because they just like are like all right nothing nothing oh yeah because but what's so weird about the fired for the choking thing is that like they brought him right back like it's this weird this was that this was also the one of the weird schizophrenic times because they were trying to like sort of adjust because this is when they were occasionally letting people appear at dragon force so they couldn't say that it was a monopoly like it was very much it's sort of a time similar to now where it's like what's going on behind the scenes that's driving this decision as opposed to then when it was like oh well um we're trying to avoid these lawsuits and now it's like well i'm trying to sell the company for a few billion dollars for no reason <laughs> Oh yeah, and uh, just in case you thought it was only Vince McMahon that he w- that was a rich guy that he defended in nefarious cases, he also Jerry McDivitt um, defended Mr. Dick Morris, who is a former advisor of President Clinton. I'm assuming that case was um, Jeffrey Epstein suing him because uh, Dick Morris was creepy. I think Dick Morris is. Dick um, Morris probably yes. like found <laughs> he um, he was creeping out Epstein or something like he just beyond evil yeah so um uh dick morris was the guy that was like run as a democrat but act like a republican oh sweet. Uh, and then uh left and is now a big trump guy big trump guy mm, yeah uh dick morris also was the advisor who was brought back into the white house when the monica Lewinsky scandal happened and he was the architect of that entire defense yeah 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 yeah. call her a fat call her a slut call her a fat slut dick morris is i wish i had to look up the name i by the way what a time because i went on a big out of a deep dive learning about that scandal Mm. it was so fascinating um it's where ann coulter came from dylan that's where yeah the more you know no i just listened Um, to a thing on uh, clinton after the la riots when he was running for president where he was like uh, he basically went into an area in la he's like "Uh, don't worry i'm not gonna help any of these guys rebuild their city and then just high five republicans and that's yeah people credit him with getting the uh getting the president it's so this is a sidebar from a sidebar but i mean nothing to me too fuck you fuck you I live. This is why LA is such a weird place to live, is because I live in Koreatown. I live where they burned down most of that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And what I you when Dylan's been to, New, uh, to LA, whenever you go to LA, you're always like, why, why would, why would you let rioters burn down this nice, very much the middle of your city? Like LA's built so weird, where like everyone lives on the edges and the peripheries, and then you go into the middle of it, and you're like. Why wouldn't you live here? This is so much nicer and convenient for everything you want to do in your city than where you live. And they're like, no, no, no. You're supposed to drive for 20 minutes. because of the 50s. Because of the 50s. That's why. In the, you know, I like to drive 25 minutes if I want to buy a bag of chips. As opposed to me, where you 
literally walk out my door and there are two people in a building that should not be a restaurant making doublings that are truly f- spectacular. Dylan's eating them. Dylan liked them. <laughs> um, so yeah. Same day, by the way, same day I had to leave a recording of the wrestle review uh, because my, at the time wife was taking a shower and left my building and had to walk to the streets to find a public toilet to take a giant shit in. If Dylan remembers that I left him in my apartment. Mm-hmm. I went, I'll be right back. And I left. I went, took a dump I walked in a bucket. I took, I walked four blocks and took a dump in a, um, in a burrito fusion restaurant that's since closed. <laughs> yeah, of course they did. You took a dump in there. You just yeah, yelled, I no dropped. cash, just I, shits. I dropped, I yelled devil's burrito full open. Oh, by the way, I take the, I take a shape with the door open when I use a public toilet. I want them to know. <laughs> so um, yes, but let's talk about the 2014 to 2021 is Jerry McDivitt basically just being like, what's that wrestlers from the eighties and nineties? Say goodbye to your dreams. Yeah. No money. Fuck you. Which is also yeah. like probably McDivitt um, was probably the guy who was like, send some guys to rehab because that looks good because then it looks like they have the option. I mean, that seems like a lizard thing to say, but. Well, the thing know. is, you have to remember with a lawyer is a lawyer is like a lawyer is doing a job that's separate from who they are as a person. And when you're dealing with something specifically like the law, the law is a set of specific rules. This is how you specifically have to behave. Now, there's gray area around that that involves ethics and morality. But when you're dealing with a lawyer, a lawyer only cares about the law. Was the law broken? Ethically, morally, that doesn't matter. Was this law that this case is about, was that broken? And Jerry McDivitt, because he is who he is, is very good at picking holes at the other person's argument if they're not specifically in violation of this law. You could look at that Martha Hart versus CTE. Martha Hart just went and got a lawyer. She just went and got an actual attorney. Mm-hmm. And I assume that J- like Joe Laurinaitis and the other CTE, like they got a guy who's like, I don't know who this guy was that was leading all of these things, but you read his name and you're like, that's too many glottal stops for you not to be a sketchy guy. You well, know what it's I mean? also like Martha Hart was in the bad position of like, she's suing this dude for obviously something terrible, but also the entire Hart family is sort of beholden to Vince McMahon. R.E. like, think about Harry Smith, uh, Tyson Kidd, Natty Neidhart. All the next generation hearts are like, oh, this guy's the biggest. There's now a monopoly in this industry and you're going to sue this dude. And now our kids can't make a living in their chosen industry. Do you know what I mean? So it's like she, with the help of the hearts, with the resources the hearts have, maybe would have stood a better chance, but she only had the resources available to her. But now AEW is doing an Owen Hart Cup and stuff, which is... Right, and shows Martha Hart yeah. does care about wrestling. She does care. I want to. I just wanted to look up um, Constantine Kairos, who was the WWE. Con- oh my God, his first website is the WWE con- con- uh, Concussion Lawsuit. Yes. Uh, news.com. So he basically, uh, this is, of course, according to McDivitt, who is so funny because in interviews, he's a good guy. But then as soon as you get him talking about cases, nope. I, I got news for you. Constantine, Constantine Kairos, do not trust this man. This guy's a fucking sketchy guy. I was right. Mm-hmm. I was right not to trust him. You do not launch a fucking class action web uh, um, lawsuit with a WordPress website, my friend. <laughs> is that what it was? It was. Is it a dot WordPress? WordPress? I'm, a, I'm a, It's dot. It's it's not. He got oh, the full URL. Okay, good. But he didn't. He didn't pay for premium, so it's still presented like a blog. Like he's just using. <laughs> a template. He's not using a, his own designed website. I'm gonna say if this. You, sink the five hundred bucks in. Get someone to make you a custom site. I got, buddy. If we, the wrestler review, are able mm-hmm. to. Um, Make occasional fire. 
Exactly. If we were able to make an angel fire, and I still am actually updating a GeoCities website about this uh, website about this podcast, it's not inaccessible anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you could not have a WordPress like right there. This is the other thing: is Jeremy McDivitt like? Oh my God, he beat Constantine Kairos, which is in the wrestling. It's crazy, but anywhere else, it's like it, this is not crazy. Well, he said himself that Kairos basically plagiarized the case against the NFL, so it's like he just kind of had to do the same things he'd already seen it play out. So he's like, okay, I'll just do the things I would have done differently. Yeah, but the thing also that's so funny is it was the he's actual seventy-one case. now, by the way. So he's trying these cases. He's a senior citizen when he's defending the WWE. Yeah, he he also he makes sure to get on the bus with a discounted card. He doesn't need it. He has he 100%. has his driver follow the bus. Goes, well, I got to get it for free. Oh, I got to get, get it in for free, but I also deal. want the gas to be burnt. I yeah, Jerry McDeal. That's what they call me. I got to say this. I really like Jerry McDivitt because he's just a person doing his job and that never exists in wrestling. In wrestling, it's always like, I want it to be clear. This was not my job. I'm doing this part of it because I like it. And you're like, ah, fuck. Although there is this one thing. He says his quote is his one indulgence is his red Ferrari, but then also says his home is $1.75 million where it's like, that's also, you don't need a $2 million home. But here's the problem with inflation, Dylan. What? Is depending on where that house is, it might be a one-bedroom house. If you have a $1.75 million house in parts of Toronto, you have a studio apartment. Like, this is the problem with the world we live in now. It's like, my only indulgence is in my red Ferrari and my condo that costs $5 million. It is not big enough for me to enter. Like, it's just also <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, um, I just I still also am it's I'm eternally fascinated and we can end this podcast now and I thank you everyone by the way for listening very happy new year thank you for continuing to support this show uh, it's a really fun way for me and Dylan uh, to force ourselves to continue to be friends and also say very mean things about each other on the internet can I just say your nails look very nice and for that oh, fun things you. like being able to see Dylan's nails head on over to the Patreon oh I cut myself a bunch but whatever <laughs> Are you preparing a Christmas meal for your wife and child? No, I was just stuck my hand in the dishwasher too fast. <laughs> Wait a or minute. anything good. You got a dishwasher now? Yeah, buddy. Big oh, dishwasher. Whoa. Dishwashers like, are how- the best. We could do another podcast about how great dishwashers are. But anyway. That's, John- why, that's why I'm launching in 2022 the dishwasher review me and Dylan got. <laughs> oh, man. First week, countertop for an apartment. Second week, Dylan's dishwasher. Third week, we're shutting it down, much like uh, Dylan's um, uh, Notable Teams was shut down. By the way, let's talk about Notable Teams in 2021. I never mentioned this. The Notable Teams name- is good. Remarkable Teams. I mean, yeah, What's Notable Teams is a better name. Remarkable Teams. Yeah, Remarkable Teams. The thing that I found Remarkable Teams so funny is I got a bunch of emails about it when you launched it <laughs> from Wrestler Review fans being like, what the hell is he doing? Get, oh, no. yeah, of course. It was wonderful. Tell him to Tell him to only talk about wrestling. And I was like, guys, I'm not going to do that. But that's I, a lo- I, that was a lockdown fun thing. I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll pitch it to some other podcast networks and they'll be like, why are you swearing so much? And I'll be like, yeah, I no, like it. No one, no one cares this much about Brett Roethlisberger. <laughs> well, I remember someone being like, people, uh, a lot of people emailed me and be like, I know you're, uh, I really enjoyed the show. I know some of the potty humor I didn't enjoy, but I guess, and I was like, I was thinking the whole time that show was on, I'm like, man, I'm being so straight laced yeah, talking about this, but it. some people are like, this is disgusting. But here's the problem is it's also, it's coming from this show. Oh, it's yeah, literally coming. like, yeah, you, it's like, you, it's like, well, I've been sleeping in a toilet for five years and now I sleep in the closet. There's no shit in the closet. Yeah, what an improvement. <laughs> um, I would just like to also say this, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, uh, fuck all of you. You're all pieces of shit. No, yeah, there um, you go. I, 
Who's the best part about Jerry McDivitt? He's just a, he's a man who continues to live. Here's the worst part. He's helped Vince McMahon do a lot of evil shit. But if it wasn't Jerry McDivitt, it would have been someone else. Yeah. He's a lawyer. Yeah. This is why people hate lawyers because he'll just, he's a fucking gun for hire. Yeah. But it's also the thing of what you need to understand. And I know that I'm not trying to defend lawyers. I'm just trying to say this is like, it is, it's just their job. Like, you know what I mean? Like, hate Vince McMahon. Don't hate Jerry McDivitt because Jerry McDivitt, like, I'm, I'd rather defend a woman who was talked into suicide by her shitty cop husband, but that doesn't pay for red Ferraris. So I better go defend Vince McMahon, who is being sued by a woman he beat up because she was like, carbs are okay. And you're like, <laughs> what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> As Jerry McDivitt said, don't hate the play, I hate the game. You know what's crazy? He Jerry McDivitt, he claims to have invented that phrase, mm-hmm. and he claims to have invented it in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's also the first guy to say winning last year. Yeah, yeah. He, um, um, yeah, uh, Jerry McDivitt uh, owns the copyright to the phrase winner, winner, chicken dinner. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about how I, if anyone, the Charlie Sheen's, when are we doing a Charlie Sheen episode? Is he involved tertiarily in wrestling? We could just do wrestler review of Patreons that aren't wrestlers. Why not? Who cares? We all die. Oh, can we do a Charlie Sheen review? <laughs> if anyone, I mean, I will, yeah, sure. Why not? All Who right. Cares? Well, ch- check out the Patreon. We'll be doing He's a Charlie Sheen on review. wrestling at one point. I bet you he wasn't. We could do Kevin Federline. We can definitely He's do Kevin He's a drug Federline. addict that needed money. That's wrestling's sweet spot. Yeah, but here's the problem with this is the best part about Charlie Sheen. He was the only drug addict that didn't need a lot of money. Like he already had a lot of money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a famous father and brother. Anyway, John, talk about things that you are doing, and then I'll do the same, and then we'll talk about wrestler review things, and then we'll pick a guy next week suddenly. Check out the UTS. It's five days a week. It's a fun podcast. It's like this show, except no wrestling, mostly come talk. Um, I have yeah. a bunch of albums on Spotify. Uh, well, they won't be on Spotify for much longer. Don't support Spotify. They're fucking over. Oh, are they kicking you off? Or are they kicking gonna, all comedy off? They're going to start kicking off like a lot of different comedy because it's it's heating up. Basically, guys, please use Apple Music and not Spotify for a bit. Spotify is trying to stop comedians and any other spoken word performer from getting royalties for their uh, the writing component of any of their media. Uh, and um, income from streaming has really saved two people that you really enjoy listening to talk about wrestling. These two fucking guys right here. Sirius XM Radio, subscribe to that if you want to help comedians or entertainers as a whole, and uh, title is good too. I mean, the apps are not good, and, but you still get all the music. It's just, Spotify is just brilliant because they sunk all the money they would be paying the people who are in the, in the reason yeah into the app and making the basically taking all your information and spitting it back at you where you're like oh this is cool but you don't realize that they're just selling that to advertisers to make even more money yeah like spotify can really afford to give also, me we're sh- our, our shows on spotify too so that's good yeah I, I tell you, it's impossible to get away from like it's one of those things where it's like i like I got to delete it off my phone. I, it's like I'm giving myself until Monday to do it and move over to Apple Music because I'm just like, I just... Oh, dude, just... Apple Music's even worse. Use Tidal. Apple Music pays like half as much as Spotify does. What is t- yeah, but at least Apple Music has agreed to pay. <laughs> that's true. All right. Well, that's sad. Anyway, so go to at Dylan Gott for all my bullshit. I'm posting a bunch of clips uh, on my TikTok. That's at Dylan Gott. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I'm still, I have a Facebook page, but don't go on Facebook. You're not fucking trying to mobilize a group of Please do not go on Facebook. Whatever you do, do not go on Facebook. (laughs) Yeah, don't ever. Unless it's a community group to watch people fight about weird things. That's good. Then you fucking enjoy Facebook. Um, And Wrestler Review, TikTok, at Wrestler Review 
on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok as well. We're posting a bunch of clips, all that bullshit. Next week, we're going to do John Say Somebody. Just the Repo Man. No. No, not just the Repo Man. Have we done Conan? No. Oh, let's, let's do, do Conan. Conan. Let's do Conan next week. We'll do Conan. Thanks so much we'll for doing, listening, okay. guys. I want in January. Here's who I'd like to do. These are off the top of my head, but I think this is good. Okay, Conan, Conan, whoever the gobbledygooker was. I want to do that guy's career. Okay, big time. Mm-hmm. Um, the stewardess from Plane Ran from Hell. Nope, just joking. Be uh, <laughs> <laughs> the liar. What? No, Tommy Dreamer, <laughs> the liar. Have we done Tommy Dreamer? We've done Tommy Dreamer. Mm. Have we done Sandman's son that was kidnapped by Raven? No. <laughs> Tyler that Fullington? That would be a good one. I mean, there's a part of me that wants to do Tyler Fullington. <laughs> Why don't we do Rhino? We have to have done Rhino. I don't think we've done Rhino. We definitely have done Rhino because the, most of the episode is you talking about that promo where he talks about how he's going to eat your face and then you're going to shit your face. <laughs> oh, fuck. Do you think so? <laughs> do we do Rike Awesome? Because he has another one. Yeah, we definitely did Mike Awesome. These were all I we remember. We did not done Rhino. I just typed it into... Uh, did we? Have we not done Rhino? Okay. We not done Rhino. So this... Okay, January. Here's the schedule thus far. Mm. I've already forgotten who the first person is. The first person is going to be... I don't know. I forgot too. <laughs> Conan. It's Conan. 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 Gobbled Euchre was Hector Garcia, I believe. Uh, I thought it was... Uh, it's one of the... Um, uh, it's one of the uh, it's one of the Guerreros. I thought it was like Chavo Guerrero. Oh, Hector Senior. Guerrero, maybe. Oh, yeah, go for it. It's one of the Guerreros. So we're doing the Gobbledygooker. I would prefer to only cover the Gobbledygooker. No other sure. part of his career. We can do whatever you want. Uh, um, and then we got who was the person you just said after Gobbledygooker? Rhino. Rhino. And then I want to do Bastion Booger. Done. I want to talk about Mabel. Have we not talked about Mabel yet? Okay, here's the other people I want to talk about. Are you ready for this? Are you fucking ready for this? Okay. Mike, we have to wrap up soon. Mike Graham. Okay. Who else Fashion is Booger, Mike Graham, and Mabel. That's a good for now, and uh, we're uh, going to be back. Tyler Fullington. Week. I want to do Tyler Fullington. Tyler Fullington. Let's do Tyler doing... and Lori Fullington. Tyler and Lori Fullington. Because here's the thing. you. Oh, they'll talk about fucking Jerry Jarrett. On something mm-hmm. to wrestle with. They're not talking for an hour about Tyler Fullington. Uh, fucking six hours. Yeah. You, you, Daddy, you're a drunk. I worship Waven. Oh, it's the most heartbreaking moment in pro wrestling. Well, yeah, he is a drunk, though. And he should have <laughs> for sure lost custody of his child. Anyway. Yeah, in the end, actually, yes, I am very much on Sandman's side. Uh, speaking uh-huh. of um, losing custody of your child, Dylan has to go to be a father. And I have to go to continue not to be a father. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for supporting the Wrestler Review for this year, 2021. We will see you in 2022 for Lori and Tyler Fullington. See you in hell. Only the year of Lori and Tyler Fullington. Oh, this is the first episode of 2022. So, happy new year. Fuck you. Enjoy your lives. Bye-bye. COVID is over. Everyone, touch <laughs> COVID's done. Kamala Harris is president. Joe Biden is dead. <laughs>